You're listening to Reclaiming the Woman in You Beyond Motherhood Podcasts, where you learn how to fall back in love with yourself, get your fire back even after having kids, and feel so confident that you go after your wildest dreams. I'm your host, Camille Busson-Thompson, sex, love, and empowerment coach for mothers. Hi, this is the sixth episode of the Simplify and Sexify Your Life in 2020. And today I wanted to talk about space as a key element in our relationships and the impact of it in our desire and emotional state. In our relationship with our partners, there is somehow a misconception that the more connected, the more intimate we are, the better sex we'll get. So this is something that I wanted to bring because we don't talk about it. Simone de Beauvoir writes in The Second Sex, eroticism is a movement towards the other. This is its essential character. But to do a movement towards the other you need a certain amount of space and distance. Yet, in our efforts to establish intimacy, we often seek to eliminate this otherness. And when we do that, we suppress the space that is necessary for desire to flourish. We seek intimacy to protect ourselves from feeling alone, and yet creating the distance is essential to eroticism. And it means stepping back from the comfort of our partner and maybe feeling more alone. Or the way I like to look at it is that if we cultivate our own self of identity, then it's not that we are alone, but we are developing our relationship with ourselves. And we know that this is very important. This is a topic that comes up in Mating in Captivity, a book by Esther Perel. And she really advocates that instead of always striving for closeness, couples may be better off by cultivating this their separate selves. And that I'm 100% on board with that idea. She describes personal intimacy as a private zone that requires tolerance and respect. A space that can be physical, emotional and intellectual And that belongs only to me. Not everything needs to be revealed. And she suggests that everyone should cultivate a secret garden. So I'm not saying that you have to keep a lot of secrets and lie to your partner. I'm just saying that by focusing more on cultivating what makes you happy, what do you want to read about, to have your own activities and things that you don't necessarily share all the details of your day with your husband or partner, then it might help recreate a bit of mystery and desire thrive on mystery. And I find this topic really fascinating and true for a lot of the women that I'm talking to, a lot of my clients. Most of the women I meet are struggling with desire in their relationship. And they are reporting that they're still very affectionate and cultivate the sense of touch. When you do cultivate this sense of mystery in your relationship, you avoid the repetition that creates numbness. And this applies when intimacy collapses into fusion. 
it's not a lack of closeness, but too much closeness that creates this decline in desire. It's a subtle dance between too much or not enough distance. But the truth is when two distinct individuals become fused, the connection can no longer happen because there is no one to connect with. It's like there used to be a bridge in between you two and this created and built it up the attraction at the beginning. And now that you are really close together, there's no space in between you to breathe. There's no space in between you for air. And this is the paradox of intimacy and sex. So if you feel this is you and the desire in your relationship has somehow slowly disappeared, then you might want to consider the affection, the intimacy that you're sharing and to see if you might need to bring in a bit more of fresh air and cultivate a bit more of mystery. So if you're someone who likes to tell every details about your day, maybe try to just not share as much. If you're used to have a really strong sense of touch and you're always cuddling but not much sex, then maybe it would be interesting to just as an exploration to try for the following week not to touch as much. You can be still very sweet, but you don't have to be touchy. And then see whenever you touch your partner, maybe to make it more intentional, more conscious that if you're initiating something, then be very conscious about it. That will create a different energy as well in the action of touching. So the other layer in this reflection I had on space and the impact on our relationship is not only this distance that we need to evaluate and maybe um, build more of or less of depending on the dynamic of a relationship and the state we're in, but also the physical space. So where do we have this dance of distance? Where do we have this intimate moment? Where do we have sex in the bedroom? This interesting space to me that is both this very intimate space where you share with your partner, uh, but at the same time, it could be your own space for self-cultivation. So if you're lucky enough to have moments by yourself in your own bedroom, this is where maybe you're going to read your book, journal, do meditation. So it could be you could have different spaces dedicated for that. But I find that often the bedroom offers us these options of being a refuge for us to rest, for us to have more time by ourselves and read that book, journal, or draw, or do anything that is more personal. So the bedroom is, is a very special place in our home. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to bring as practical tools for you today into simplifying your life, I also find myself very attracted to the idea of decluttering and getting rid of things in our home physically, like in your closet, of clothes, things that you that no longer serves you. 
a bit of the declutter that we do in our mind when we work through mindset. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do for myself. I do it daily and also with my client. I teach them to work on clearing their mind so they can really focus on what they want, simplify it. I find that doing it at the same time on a physical level, getting rid of the clothes I'm no, not wearing, my kids' toys that they're no longer playing with, and doing that regularly really has an impact on the focus that I have. And I feel so much better. I love doing that. So sometimes I have to push myself a bit before I do it. But once I'm, I'm started, it's just Marie Kondo all the way. And so I wanted for that episode to invite a feng shui expert that could help us understand what's going on with the clutter in our bedrooms and how to create bedroom sanctuaries. So today I'm really happy to have Becky Stanton. So hi, Becky. I'm super excited to have you for this special episode that we're going to focus our relationship to space. And I love to have someone that knows so much about Feng Shui. So Becky, you, you consider yourself a sanctuary expert. I love that. I love the term. And um, I would love for you to explain what you do and how you, how you became uh, this expert. Thank you so much, Camille. Uh, so I do call myself a sanctuary expert and really it's about understanding that every part of our home can be a, a sanctuary to how we want to feel. So I've been on a journey about being more purposeful and more intentional with my life and with my home. Um, and how I fell into that was I used to be very cluttered. I'm not a natural organizer, which people are very surprised at, but actually I had to go through that to understand how important our environments are to our lives, to our mindset, and to our bodies, our physical bodies. So I started to explore about my home environment, and that's when I discovered feng shui. So of course, a lot of us have heard about feng shui, but I'd never actually applied it. And um, I think my view of feng, feng shui was a bit historic, perhaps. But what I've done personally is just understand it better and apply it to my home. And it was transformational. The little tweaks I would make and um, being, again, purposeful and intentional with my space, with my belongings, it just made such a big difference to every aspect of my life. So it coincided with my 30th birthday actually so I um, had a bit of a, a mini breakdown I call it because I was working in a corporate job wasn't happy couldn't envision where my life was heading in that career and so I decided to quit my job with no idea what I wanted to do and then I kept coming back around to this idea of tidying organizing spaces and about how impactful it was for me and how maybe there's a message and some sort of passion there um, and I kept dismissing it at the beginning thinking everyone tidies everyone organizes <laughs> that's not that's not a career um, but then I did come back around to it after trying different things and I started as a home organizer so timing wise it was just before the Marie Kondo program came out in 20 uh, January 2019 and so I had a lot of interest where people were starting to understand, you know, about organizing and actually wanted to do something about it. 
And then I realised that actually me physically being in other people's homes, cluttered homes, was too draining for my energy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm very sensitive to it, and that's why the passion's there, because I I don't know whether it's hyper or sensitised, but I couldn't... I couldn't be in people's homes for too long because mm-hmm. um, I would get too drained. Um, and that's when I decided to pivot and focus on creating sanctuaries. So I now help uh, clients online, uh, mainly for work sanctuaries, but what I teach can be applied to every aspect of the home. Mm-hmm. And it's how to create an environment, a space, as a sanctuary for you, for how you want to feel and what you want to create in that space. Mm-hmm. And of course, it really does um, can be related into what we're going to talk about today as well. Yes, yes. And I, I, I started to follow your work and I got inspired to also make shifts in my own workspace, my own work sanctuary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was curious about how we can apply that to the bedroom, any other part of the, the home as well. But the bedroom for me is a key space um, in terms of relationship, sex, uh, communication, this is a space that you want to rest in. So I wanted to have your input in that and how we can, um, and if there is an impact that you've already noticed maybe with clients on that specific area, the bedroom. <laughs> of course, yeah. So the bedroom's uh, an interesting one because it does have multiple purposes. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all sleep. <laughs> Most of us sleep in a bedroom. Um, so we definitely have that rejuvenation and relaxation part of the bedroom. But also, you're right, it's about being sensual and intimate, you know, in a relationship um, in that space as well. So from a feng shui point of view, it's about finding a balance between the two. And it's understanding how colours can make a difference. And um, for example, if you're creating a calm sleep-worthy environment, it tends to be muted tones. So you don't want to invigorate or you, you don't want your brain to be too, what's the word? I'm so sorry, you might have to. Yeah. This one out. <laughs> Is it stimulate that you, you stimulate, so you, there's certain colours that stimulate your mind and your brain mm-hmm. and you don't want to use too many of those in a bedroom because then it's going to be harder to fall asleep and have a really deep sleep. Mm-hmm. So, But also from a, a sex point of view, you would associate colours like red, you know, deep reds and purples and all these luxurious deep colours. So from a feng shui point of view in a bedroom, it's about finding the balance between mm-hmm. the two. Um, And obviously colours is just one example. I think the biggest thing I work with with clients in every aspect of their home is clutter. Yes, that's a big one. (laughs) Yeah, so for a bedroom, you know, it is multi-purposeful. So for example, you sleep there, you may wake up and then you get ready for your day there. So it holds your clothes, it maybe holds your makeup and everything you use to get ready for the day. Um, it usually has your laundry in it Um, and then at the end of the day you might you know choose to read in bed or you know have intimate relationships and so it's got so many different aspects and it's not just like a work sanctuary where you can say that's 100% work related Mm -hmm. that's all I do there I don't do anything else but it is about creating more boundaries for your bedroom and I think clutter is the, the easiest first step 
So it's understanding what you intend for your, for your bedroom. So it might be that you just want to have a really good night's sleep and also to nourish your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's understanding if anything doesn't align with those two purposes, then you don't allow it in that space. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people have what I call the chair of doom, um, which is usually a chair in a bedroom that's piled with clothes, um, maybe laundry that needs to be put away or clothes that you've worn from the day. And it just gets higher and higher and higher until the point where you think, oh, I must sort that out, which is natural. And I think we, <laughs> we will go through that. Um, but it's understanding what the clutter means for you. So when we think about the brain, um, we consciously probably don't notice everything around us. So for everyone listening, if you just think where you are, you're probably focusing maybe on a laptop or a phone and the task at hand. But if you consciously then have a look around and see everything around you, you know, for me, I'm in, I'm in my work sanctuary. So I've got all my books in front of me. I've got my plants. I've got my view. I've got all the things. My attention is on you in this conversation. But my unconscious mind is literally noticing everything and it's processing it. Yep. So the more things that you have around you, even though you consciously aren't aware, like the chair of doom and maybe a pile of books by your bed that aren't being read and all these other things, it's understanding that your brain is always processing that information. And if it's processing it, it's chaotic and busy. So the more things you have around you, the more cluttered your mind will be. And if you go back to what your purpose of that space is, you know, to be restful and to focus on your partner, mm. then your mind's going to be distracted. So class is a big one of just keeping it as minimal as possible. And I'm not saying be a minimalist and have nothing in your space because that's not realistic for everyone. And that doesn't bring joy for everyone either. Mm. Um, but it's really understanding the boundaries. So the easy ones to say no for the bedroom are maybe children's toys. Um, it might be work. So don't allow work into their space. Um, and even domestic work. So whether it is, you know, bills to pay or maybe you do have that pile of laundry or your laundry basket of things to be done, it's really just removing those things because there's always another space where those can belong. Yeah, you can cut another room with the clothes, another another room get cluttered. Exactly, you can just have a dedicated space and then that becomes purposeful. Mm. You might have one area where you think that's where my laundry goes and it's ready to be put away instead of creating clutter in your mind and that can always be in a place that you spend less time in so it's not physically and mentally draining you yeah no i love that you bring all of that and it makes so much sense um when you talked about the unconscious mind and the way that and the relationship with the clutter and how yes our unconscious mind is noticing everything and analyzing for looking for a threat that's what it's doing all the time so it's so important to bring that up because you know, we don't associate the way that we put our clothes on the chair and keep the pile up that this will have an impact. So, yes, this is so key. Mm. Yeah, and it's the habits that go with it, right? So the reason we have the chair of doom is because it's easy. We take our clothes off at the end of the day. We throw it or fold it onto that chair and think, oh, I'll deal with that in the morning. I'm going to go to bed. But you're not thinking about the impact it has. So when you're in the feng shui way of life, 
which really is a lifestyle. It's not just about placement of furniture. You do start to think, if I do that, this is what it means for this. Mm. So it is creating those purposeful and intentional habits where you think that takes five seconds to put it away or put it into the laundry basket or whatever you need to do. But it will give me a much more deeper sleep or more intimate time with my partner because my unconscious mind isn't thinking, I've got laundry to do. <laughs> I don't have time for this <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like the intentional part of all of that and, and the work that you do. And I do believe that the intention in the bedroom um, is to create that space to have the less thing you have the more you can focus on, on you and the other person if you're sharing your room. Because we may, we may sometimes just fill our mind or our to-do list or our bedroom with things to avoid being like facing conversations, communicate differently, work on ourselves like people keep busy um, and avoid to look inside to do any type of inner work or meditation. And I feel that I could see myself do the same in a bedroom and just like add things and unconsciously creating distance or clutter, like energetical clutter in between me and my husband, for example, because I don't want to have to go and have that conversation that I know I must have. <laughs> Maybe that's an avoiding technique. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And interestingly, imagery is a really good way of connecting to people. And so again, if we go back to how the mind works, our mind doesn't know what's real from what's not real. So when you see an image of something, your mind doesn't know that's not actually there because it's creating the emotions, you know, it's creating all of the feelings you have associated with that image for real. And, and I always give the example with my clients that my husband's um, in the military so he has a lot of imagery about war and <laughs> his tanks and things. So personally for me, I see it and just think war, you know, um, all these negative, scary feelings. Whereas for him, it means something else anyway, but it's, you know, his livelihood, you know, he's got different memories associated. Mm -hmm. But for me, when, if I looked at that image, it creates really scary, deep, dark thoughts that I don't want to feel. In mm. my home. So the same goes for the bedroom. You know, it's being mindful of when you're both in bed, what do you look at? What can you see? Mm -hmm. Maybe working together to choose an image that you both want to see that creates the emotions and feelings you want to feel when you're there, when you're falling asleep and when you're waking up. Mm. And from a feng shui point of view, it's always quite useful to find sensual images perhaps images that make you you know feel with love and joy and all those feelings that you want so mm -hmm. black and white images are quite frequently found in bedrooms because mm -hmm. it's soft it's you know, quite sensual mm -hmm. but it's quite a fun project as well so me and my husband are doing it for our whole home at the moment about using images together about creating the life and desires we want you know, but it's a really good project for a bedroom too, about choosing images that you both fall asleep to and wake up to together. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that suggestion to work together with your desires and intention to create exactly the feelings that you want to, to foster. Yes, I like that. So you say the black and white is good for the bedroom, yeah? It's, In yeah. terms of imagery, um, and from a feng shui point of view, it's also always advised maybe like essential body parts. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. a step image no 
that you might have and it could be personal as well so it might be a picture of yourself maybe just of your hands or your feet mm. of skin Part of the body or sometimes the artistic black and white drawings you know they're, they're quite popular as well but really it goes back to what does it mean for you what mm. feelings come up for you because everyone has different feelings emotions with images so it's a fun project yeah yeah i wonder do you have uh, client feedback around how the the shifts in the home in the workspace has impacted their life and how does that translate like do you have people telling you that the communication with their family is different because of that thanks to that so my clients of course focus on business yeah so i see the biggest transformation business-wise yes but it's interesting and from a personal view when that one aspect of your life is booming and feels more confident and just more joyful it just ripples across all the other aspects of your life especially where you're working from home like my clients are because you're working you know with children or your husband you know near you and around you so of course if you're having a joyful experience in a space and then leaving and going directly to your family it's a different experience and i've personally seen huge changes in the space around you and you know when you go to other people's homes it's just you then you connect with a different with how it feels to be in a space that doesn't make you feel the way you want to feel. I think when you get really certain with, this is my dream home, it's not about what you own, it's about the feeling. Your dream home is a feeling. When you connect with that, it's so powerful. And I think with a home, I think a lot of things that come up when I was a home organizer, especially was, oh, my husband's not tidy and he's not really interested in the home. So it's finding a way where you can work on it together um, because you don't necessarily want you know like a man cave and a mum cave mm. very important because you need your sanctuaries like a work sanctuary but you need to also work on it together and yep. i think it's really important for a relationship and the bedroom is the best place to start because you spend the a lot bedroom of time is that is that compromise space where you will have both both your your energies mixing and synerging together yes yeah <laughs> Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I love all that you do because it's just, uh, it's practical, but also has this impact on all aspects of our lives. And yes, um, I loved all of that, all of those elements. And especially, as I mentioned, the intentionality and working with people to know what do they want? What are the feelings that they want? And what you just said about uh, the ideal home is a state of mind. It's not material stuff. Uh, really hit home for me. I, I really agree on that and I think that we can cultivate our desires what we want through feelings mm -hmm. and if working the space around us just making it more simple helps then yes let's focus on that as well declutter <laughs> and declutter is the first step I think it's the first step yes yeah <laughs> okay um I would love for you to share anything that is um happening for you that you want to share with what you're doing uh, you have an amazing facebook group and i know you run challenges they're fun um do you have a, another one coming up yeah so there will be one coming soon so i'm actually qualifying to be an nlp mindset coach and so a lot of what i do will now be amplified in helping people with the subconscious mind and those habits so it's really a really exciting time and um, so i'll be introducing new packages and also the work sanctuary program um, is going to go online which is really exciting 
So it's a really exciting time if you're ready to work on your space and your mindset to make sure that you can maintain it. Thank you so much, Vicky, for today. It was a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening in today. If you feel you want to go deeper or you want to feel supported in your journey of reclaiming who you are after children, I work with women and mothers one-on-one to help them not only get their fire back, but also rediscover who they are to redefine what they want in their life and connect to their passion itself, both in the bedroom and in their lives. I offer free calls, so simply book a call with me and I'd love to hear about you and chat with you about what's going on. Okay, have a wonderful week and talk to you next Friday.